Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for uh, being with us. We thank you for your spirit guiding. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you will do. Father, we invite your spirit here right now. Guide this service. Open our hearts to hear the words that you are, you are blessing us with. Father, and, and more so, bless us with the ability to put application to that. And we thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. What's going on, peoples? No? Huh? Okay, so, hello. No? All right, all right. So, some of you might be like, well, what is he doing up there? This is kind of a sub uh, to, uh, uh, how do you say that, a subplot to what Pastor was talking about last week? It's like his was one and mine is one point A or one and a half, if that helps you. <laughs> so, last week Pastor was talking about love and how we need to utilize love in our, in our walk of faith. And there's two, there's two points of it that I want to touch on. Now, I'm going to say this up front. This is not the shouting message that most people would like to hear. You know, this is, I mean, let me change that. Unless the Holy Spirit tweaks it, it is not the shouting speech, you know, the shouting message. You know, we ain't going to have people running up and down the aisles and, and everything like that. But, I mean, if you feel it, do you. <laughs> um, so, one thing he said, and this is a direct quote. If we are not expressing love, then what are we expressing? Now, that sat with me. Now, to give you a little context, um, I'm working on another uh, series for the podcast that I'm doing. And the message that I was working on is going right off of that quote. And so I went to pastor after last week and he was talking about this. I was like, I got to talk about this because... That's where we're going. So remember that. So if we're not expressing love, then what are we expressing? And another one of the points is it's a paraphrase. It says if we put some of the things any of us do on that screen up there, and some of what some of what of us are dealing with, what does it say about our life? So I'll start those to tell you that where I'm going with this is there's three points to this message. Love is the top. With thinking about love and what are we, if we're not expressing love, what are we expressing? One of the plots that came to me is judgment from Christians to the world. The second plot is putting on a front. And the third plot is judgment towards Christians. Now, You'll get where, where love comes into this as I'm going, but I'm going to go through these plots. And uh, remember, love is the underlying theme for all of this. So with that being said, um, my Bible is NLT, so if you want to put the verses up there, you can, but what I'm reading, what you'll be reading will be different. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 which Pastor already started with last week. (coughs) 
I also want to point out that at some point, part of what I'm going to be talking about and what RJ talked about are going to just intertwine. I don't know, I don't know if anybody heard me, but I, I wasn't real quiet about it. When RJ was talking, I was like, oh, my God. It's, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit does. So, love is kind, patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not, <clears throat> excuse me, it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Verse four, question. Do we worry more about what the world is or isn't doing sometimes? Just think about that. Are we more concerned about what the world is getting away with or not getting away with than what we should be doing? Do we have haughty Christians that talk at people instead of to people? Do we often make mistakes, correction, do we often mistake being direct in love with being rude or forceful? How many times has someone said something under the guise of, I'm just being truthful, but it was talking at someone instead of trying to uplift somebody? So when I see that verse four and it says they're not being boastful or proud or rude, these are some things that God put on my heart. Just so you know, through this, a lot of this is going to be questions to, to get you to ponder, because this is what the Holy Spirit did with me. Verse 5. We are good at pointing out what the world is doing wrong, but sometimes we seem to forget what we are doing wrong. How many times are we judging what we see on the news or what we see the person down the street doing, but we forget that some of those things we might have done ourselves? And in, our, in some cases, we might still be doing. Just process that. Verse 6. We are more worried about people getting... Oh, here's, here's another question. Are we more worried about people getting saved or people getting our point of view? I'm going to park on that one for a minute. Because... Uh, I originally didn't write that until right before service. Do we want people to get saved or do we want people to agree with us? Do we want people to genuine, do we want to genuinely help people or do we want them to just understand where I'm coming from? How many times have we got into debates with people about the gospel, but in this debate, instead of trying to be compassionate. We've been condescending. Now think of that and think, why do so many people call us judgmental? Just something I wanted to, I want, I want us to marinate on. Now again, this is not a shout message and I am not by any means condemn, condemning anyone in the crowd because mind you, as I was preparing this, these were the questions God threw at me. 
And I had to think about these things. And some of this hurt when I heard it. And some of these things I am very much guilty of still doing right now. So I hope, I hope you hear my heart and there's no uh, offense taken in these questions or in this message for that matter. Offense is a choice, right? So I just wanted to park on that a little bit and I'll move on. Uh, verse 7. What I wanted to say, and I will, I will read, what part is it that I wanted to read? The part that love never gives up, love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures. Now, if we are more worried about saving people than doing what verse 7 says and verse 4 says, it should be easy. If our true intent is to reach people's hearts, Following these verses shouldn't be hard, or as RJ pointed out, the fruits of the Spirit, because I didn't even think about that until you said that. One of the fruits of, spirit, of the Spirit is goodness. How can we say we're, we're full of goodness and kindness if we're condemning and judging people? How many, now, show of hands, if I sat here and said, how do I want to word this? If I sat here and said, all of you are bad, you do bad things, you get on my nerves. How many of you are going to listen to me for the, for the remainder of the time I'm up here? Or how many of you are going to be like, shut up, you don't know me. Now, put that to what some of us have done or are doing to some of the people that are, that are non-believers and some of the things we are saying to them. And we wonder why there are so many people who've tuned us out. And what part of that is love? Think about that. <laughs> So I have another Bible verse that I want to go to, and it's 1 John 1 and 2. 1 John 2, 1 and 2, um, correction. 1 <clears throat> John, yes, 1 John, book 2, verse 1 and 2. Okay. Now, now, dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads for our cases before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atoned for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Now, did you hear that last part? For the sins of all the world, not just us. We need not forget that because I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll say it now. We are all one Jesus is away from hell. Creflo Dollar said that, and it struck me so hard that I just couldn't shake it. Think about that. We are all one Jesus is away from hell. One choice. Think about that. Do we forget that he died for non-believers as well as us? Sometimes I think we do. And it comes out with how we respond to people, the things we say to people. That's not love. If I had a teacher, which I did, and I'm sure I said this before, and in, in, um, was it middle school? I forget. I had a teacher tell me I was stupid. How many of y'all know I don't, I can't even remember that teacher's name. 
or anything else that that teacher said to me after that. Think about that. So, <clears throat> another question I have. Do we forget that we are all only righteous because of Jesus? Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to come back to that because I have it somewhere else. I'm trying to stay on track. But think about it. Do we all forget that we are only righteous because of Jesus and not because of our own self-righteousness, which if you believe what the word says, self-righteousness is just as sinful as all, a lot of the things, if not all of the things we are judging people for because we are placing ourselves as God. So just something to process. So I have a little scenario that I'm going to ask and I'm going to ask for a show of hands. So I go to the gym. If I was to go to the gym and the person that helped me or persons that were working there were overweight, how many do you think is wrong if I decide not to join the gym because those employees are overweight? By show of hands. If, now here, here again, so I'm going to the gym, I'm going to sign up and I walk in and the person that I talk to is overweight, or the people that work there are overweight, and I say, nah, I'm not gonna join this gym. How many of y'all think that I'm wrong? By show of hands. Because I decide not to join it because they're overweight. How many times does one of us as Christians write somebody off for being an atheist? Now, you might say, how is that? Both of them are shallow. Both of them are judging somebody. But in a worldly sense, when I said that I won't join a gym because somebody is overweight, that's judgmental. But if I say, oh, they're atheists, they're going to hell anyway, some of us will not agree that that's judgmental. Aren't they both judgmental? According to the Bible, isn't sin sin? So then, because one isn't as, well, because in our minds, one isn't as bad as the other one, we, we can justify saying that to the atheists, oh, well, they're going to hell anyway. But in a worldly sense, if I am judging a place of business because of the people that work there, then I'm wrong. But we do this on a constant. And we are the examples for the world to see. And if this is what they're seeing, do they want anything to do with us? We've got to think about that. I, to be honest with you, when, so I was raised in the church. When I hit my teen years, I walked away from it. Why? Because I went to an AME church, Baptist AME, Methodist, sorry, Methodist AME church. For those of you who've never been, it is extremely uh, <laughs> judgmental. I was talked at and we had people falling out all the time because they were getting the spirit and yelling and throwing stuff at people. That scared me. So I very early decided I didn't want the Holy Spirit. I said, what's wrong with her, Mom? She said, she got the spirit. I said, well, I don't want that. Because she literally fell out. Oh, Lord Jesus, ah! And I was like, oh, okay. But the thing that got me the most was the pastor was sitting up at the top talking to me talking like I'm to you, saying, if you don't change, you're going to go to hell. Right? Is that, he said Satan. 
who are you to tell me like that? And like, if, if you are the person that's supposed to lead me to Christ, and all you can say to me is, if you don't change your life, I'm going, you going to hell? What if we look at your life? What are you doing? There have been times where we've looked into their life and seen that the person who was condemning was doing worse things than the people they were condemning. <clears throat> Just food for thought. One of the things that came up, again, that RJ said, treat people as you want to be treated. Now, I'm not trying to say we should be um, conforming or we should uh, compromise our beliefs. That is not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying, if we're supposed to be the light of the earth, the salt of the earth, they should be able to see that. And if my way of being the light of the world is pointing out how wrong you are and how right I am, I don't think they're the ones that missed the point. I think I'm the one that missed the point. <clears throat> Which leads me to the, the aspect of it that's putting on a front. And it's funny, again, RJ said something that I laughed at because this message was originally entitled Christianese. So when you said that, I chuckled to myself because how often do we do that? I, I have walked into the church doors. Of, how are you doing? Great. Knowing the way that I was like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to pray. I don't want to talk to you, God. I'm kind of mad at you right now. I just want to go home. But I walk in these doors, and I'm like, I'm great, brother. I love you. Hallelujah. Putting on a front. Which leads me to another Bible verse. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. So it's just on the other side of the page. <clears throat> if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves. I'm going to stop real quick. Did you hear that? If we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves. We're not fooling the world because guess what? They're watching us. They know. They see. Oftentimes they're watching when you think they're not watching. I know this from work. The, the work that I do in the school, they have let me know several times they're watching what I'm doing. And if I do anything that's remotely uncharacteristic of Christians, they are quick to let me know. What was that you just did? Oh, my fault. So, again, if we claim that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and are not living in truth. And truth is what we're supposed to be showing, correct? Okay. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all wickedness. Again, back to the statement of we are all one Jesus away from being in hell. And that question that I asked you, which was, um, where did I put it? Where did I say? Um, oh, forgive me, I done, lost my, I done lost my place. No, do we forget that we are only righteous because of Jesus? This Bible verse again is reminding us we are righteous because of Jesus, not because of us. So we don't become those haughty Christians that people talk about. So let's stop fronting about it. Some of us are struggling. That's all right. It's all right. If you have things that you're struggling with, guess what that makes you? Human. 
Because the Bible never said that we weren't human. And the Bible never said we weren't going to be tested and go through trials. You're human. Now, here's the thing. What do we do with that? What do we do with these struggles? What do we do so we, if we're being tempted, if we're struggling with something, do we stay in that struggle or do we do, again, let me ask this. What is the first thing Jesus said when he, when he started preaching? Does anyone remember that? Pastor says it all the time. The first thing he said was, repent. Right? Turn back. Don't turn back. So, I'm here messing up. Repent. Go here. Or in the words of Ace of Base, don't turn around. No, nobody is in that. <laughs> I, was nine, you know, I was a teen in the 90s. Come on now. And if you don't know that, then I'm sorry. <laughs> this has been a, a kind of a doom and gloom sort of thing. I had to throw something in there to make people smile. So here's the situation. Someone gets delivered from drugs and is living well and they makes one bad decision and they're right back to the drugs and they're back to living their life. How many of you know that's easier to happen than you think? But what we, we tend to do is we judge them for that, for, for falling back into what they did and wonder why they can't get out of the rut that they're in. Because let's be real, everybody in here is one bad decision away from doing something that you shouldn't be doing, that you used to do, that you might have just stopped doing. All of us are one bad decision away from that. I myself have decided to live a different lifestyle and there are places that I won't go and there are people who I won't hang around. Not because I'm holier than now, but because I know if I hang around these people long enough or I go to these places long enough, I'm going to end up doing what I was doing before. I've come too far to go back to that. So what do I do? I got to walk away from that. Not all of it was easy though. Some of that, some of the stuff I had fun. I mean, it was fun. I liked doing it. Some of the people I really liked hanging around with. And I miss them as I'm speaking to you. But I can't do it. Because I'm one bad decision away from being that guy that I was doing the stuff that I was doing before. So, someone near and dear to me is struggling with, an, with a drug addiction. Do you know that all the people around this individual are condemning this individual for being on drugs, but every last one of them is still doing their own little bad habits around this individual, yet judging the same individual for doing what, it, what, what he's doing. How can I tell this man here to stop doing what you're doing? Don't do drugs, don't do bad habits, and then I'm gonna crack open a beer in front of him and be like, huh. I know what I'm doing, but you should stop. Or I'm gonna light up a, a, a joint and start smoking in front of them. Oh, this is bad, you, you need to stop doing drugs, but I'm good, I'll be all right. And how do we expect someone to get past that? Let's even take it from that, let's, let's take it to somewhere lighter. How am I going to tell someone to break their bad addictions when all I'm doing is eating junk food and crap in front of them, shoveling this in my face, 
All I'm showing is I'm good at doing bad habits and bad addictions, but I'm telling you that you shouldn't be doing it. How am I expecting this person to grow when all I'm showing them is how to stay stuck in your bad habits? And be it fair or unfair, this is what God called us to do. He called us to be the light. I keep going back to that because that's what the Bible says. Now, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to move on to a different point. Some of the judgments against us as Christians are warranted. Some of the things that people say about us, I understand. I'm not saying it's right, but I get it. I've, heard, I've had conversations with people who are atheists, and they've had some very valid points as to why they don't like us, some of which I just talked about. Now, that's not an excuse to judge the world and, and, and for us to keep records of their wrongdoing because they're doing that with us. <clears throat> it's also not an excuse for them to continue to treat and persecute us the way they do. Which leads me to the last point that I have, and is judgment towards Christians. So I've sat here and I spent the nice portion of what I'm doing talking about how we need to be the light and how we need to be better. Now, I don't know how many people who are not Christians will hear this, but now it's your turn. I'm talking to you. If you're on the camera, it's your turn. If you're listening, it's your turn. So, if you don't like being judged by Christians and you're worldly, then don't be the hypocrites that you call us. Because how many, how many in this room have been called a hypocrite by someone who's a non-believer? It seems like every time there's a conversation about Christianity, Christianity, non-Christianity, the favorite word used is hypocrite. Now, based off of some of the stuff I said earlier, some of it is warranted. Some of it, it makes sense. I'm sitting here getting loaded in front of everybody, and it's like, well, hey. <laughs> and they say I'm a hypocrite. I mean, whatever. But... I want to say this, don't condemn us for being flawed as though you are not. Because you are flawed. Don't jump on, don't, here's the one that gets me. And this, this piece is big because I'm doing a series right now in my podcast about racism. And so I'm utilizing some of that for this. Don't lump all Christians together. Because, and here's what I mean by that. If one Christian is saying something that may not even be biblical, don't lump us all in with that. There are misguided people in all walks of life. Don't lump me in with somebody who's saying something that's non-biblical. Because I don't believe that. I believe what the Bible says. So if what they're saying isn't in the Bible, then I don't believe what they're saying. Don't link wrong actions of one Christian to the whole of Christianity. I'm going to paraphrase a song. This uh, it's a Christian rapper, Bizzle. I know you know it. Y'all know who it is. Um, 
The song that he has is called Dream World. I would encourage everybody in this room to listen to it, even if you don't like rap. It is so deep. And to, to give you a bit of context about it, basically what he's, he's talking to God, saying like, man, I had this dream that you weren't in the world and all this bad stuff was happening. And one of the things he says in there, and I'm going to read, read it, it says, you got bad girls to tell good girls how to live a little, and it's nothing. You got good girls, but, but when good girls tell bad girls how to live at all, they say that that's judgment. So I'm going to explain, I guess, a little bit what he's saying. And being that I've worked in a high school, I've seen this all the time. If a girl, they, if a girl gives advice to another girl about wearing more revealing clothes, then she's just trying to help a girl out. Trying to, you know, try to get her to fit in, try to get her to be one of us. But you flip that. If a good girl tells a bad girl, maybe you should tone it down a little bit and dress a little more conservative. Now that good girl is being judgmental. Now how does that make any kind of sense? When you told me it was just good advice, when I tell you I'm being judgmental. Or another example. If a dude tells another guy, so if I come to Aaron, I'm like, hey, man, you want to be a real man? You got to get every woman you can get, dude. I'm just trying to say it because I'm trying to help you be a man. That's just me being friendly, giving friendly advice. But if Aaron comes back to me and says, hey, you should respect women. You should care about their feelings. You shouldn't do that. My response is stop judging me. The world does that to us all the time. All we're trying to do is give you advice. And, and none of that did you hear me say anything biblical. But they're still saying, you're judging me based off of the Bible. I'm just telling you, you should care about people. Isn't that what you're saying? So if you're telling me that I'm being judgmental for, by trying to give you good advice, you giving me bad advice is not judgmental? But that's how they treat us. So I guess what I get from this scenario is they can give us advice, but we can't give them advice because, again, we're judgmental. I have a, I'm almost done, y'all. I have another scenario that's linked to the question that I asked you earlier. We give people in fitness a break if they fall short of their regiment. So if you have someone that what they do is they live, breathe fitness. They eat right, they work out all the time, they're living a quote unquote clean life, and they fall off and they eat like some cake or something. We give them a pass, that's all right. It's all right, you're human. But if someone that's Christian makes a mistake, it's like, oh my God, you're right, that's not very Christian-like. Would your God like that? Or here's the one that everybody asks me. What would Jesus do? And I say to them, well, you tell me. Because I know what he would do. Do you? Oh, I'm just saying. But just think about that. We give, the world gives, and some of us give the world a break for little things that they do wrong. Oh, it's all right. They just made a mistake. But then they flip it on us, and we do one something small, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're God. Look at what your God allows people to do. 
well, if you want to talk to me about my God and what he allows and what he don't allow, why don't you read that book? And then we can have a real conversation. Otherwise, shut up. And I've said that plenty of times. Hey, I don't want to hear it. So, I started with love. Let's go back to that. <laughs> Sorry, I had thought about something that made me laugh. 1 John 2, 7 through 11. And it says, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one you have, excuse me, you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you've heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and is also, <clears throat> excuse me, and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true life is already shining. We want to be the light. Let's show that light. Let's be the love that RJ was talking about with, with the fruits of the Spirit. Let's be the love that Pastor was talking about last week. And if you didn't hear it, it's on Google Play and iTunes. Yes? Okay. I, I hear it on Google Play. But listen to that. Let's be that love. To lump it to what I've been doing in my, the series that I'm working on on my podcast. One of the things that I think and believe is an issue with the world, and I'm going to use racism for this one. We, the church, should be the example of how to get over racism in the world. Yet Sunday is often the most segregated day of the week. Black church, white church, Mexican church, Filipino church, Chinese church. We don't even get along. Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, and we are fighting amongst each other, and then we're like, hey, but y'all should get along. What do as I say, not as I do? Love is the answer. True love, agape love. Both of them talked about it. Agape love. Even when people that are undesirable are in our midst, we have to show that love. Or they're never going to find Jesus because they're going to see our lack of true love. And that's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember, that dude Anthony told me that I was going to burn in hell because I'm homo homosexual. Instead of saying, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but I love you. What's wrong with that? Is that not what Jesus told us to do? How many times in the New Testament does it say, but Jesus with compassion went to them? How many times does it say that? I didn't count, but you're welcome to count. I'm sure it's quite a lot. With compassion, Jesus spoke to them. With compassion, Jesus went to them. And if we're Christian, or as, um, who says this? I think it's Creflo again, Christians. And he said he emphasizes the Christians to prove a point. If we are Christians and Christ showed people compassion, then what should we be doing? Anybody? Showing compassion. 
John 3.16, everybody loves. John 3.17, people don't ever read. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So back to my original point. Are we more worried about saving people or people hearing our point of view? Because Jesus came to save the world, not to tell them, oh, y'all are filthy sinners and y'all are all going to die burning hell. No, Jesus came to save the world. So that, too, should be what we are doing. We should be trying to save people. And saving people ain't going to work if they don't want to hear what you have to say because you started off, hi, my name is Anthony, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. Conversation's over, they've tuned you out, you might as well just walk away. Again, not trying to justify people's lifestyles, not saying that we need to conform or compromise our beliefs, but it's simple. You got to learn to talk to people. Treat people as you want to be treated. So I'm going to talk to you with respect because I would like you to give me respect. And if I show you respect, I have examples. There's a dude in my Bible study right now who swore he would never do anything biblical, ever. Grew up Catholic. He said, I can't stand the church. They condemn yada, yada, yada. He's been in my Bible study for six years. And do you know I never spit one Bible verse at him? All I did was show that brother love. We had conversations. He saw that I respected him. He saw that I had love for him. And so, you know what? One day he came to me. He said, are you still, going, are you still talking about doing the Bible study? I said, yes. He goes, I want to go. Never asked him. You know why? Because all I did was show him love. We had conversations. And it wasn't, man, you should, uh, you should repent, man. You're going to go to hell if you don't change your, your train of thought. It was, hey, man, you know where I'm at. You know what I believe. We don't even got to talk about that. How are you doing? What's going on? These conversations led to him asking me about Bible study, and he's been coming for six years. Rather than me telling him, you need to come to my Bible study because you are a sinner and you're going to go to hell. We need to be that. Because I, I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I never saw Jesus kicking the door, pow! Y'all need to come with me or y'all going to go to hell. If you know where he's at, I stand corrected. Whew, okay. Let's be mindful not to confuse condemning, self-righteous, and religious ritualistic mindsets with compassion and true love that will truly help the world. I'm going to say that again. Let's be mindful not to confuse condemning, self-righteous, and ritual, religious ritualistic mindsets with compassion, true love that will truly save the world. If we want to save the world, this is what we've got to do. Religion gets in the way of that. It has, it is the reason I walked away from church as a child. It is the reason people don't like us as Christians. It is the reason some people won't go to church because of religious ritualistic mindsets. How many times has the pastor said it's about relationship, not religion? We got to lose, to quote REM, we got to lose our religion. And we got to find that relationship. And we got to show the world that relationship so that they can trust 
us as people, so then they will trust our God. And they will come to church. And they will be Christians. And they will go, each one will teach one. And what do you know? All of a sudden we have a movement of people who are now being saved all because we're doing one simple thing, and that's loving people, respecting people, talking to people like they're people, not some peon. I am Jesus. I am above you. Who are you? Just saying. So I'm going to say this one more time and I'm done. Let's be mindful not to confuse condemning self-righteous religious ritualistic mindsets with compassion and true love that will truly save the world. Let's pray. Father, we... um, Here, he just put something on my heart. Let me say this. One thing that I have seen that we are guilty of is we are so quick to ask for grace for our mistakes, but so slow to give it to other people when they make mistakes. How can we expect God's grace when we don't want to give grace to people for the things that they've done to us? Think about that. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you will help us to be more gracious to those that we come in contact with. Thank you, Father, that you are blessing us to be the light that you call us to be. That we'll be the salt of the earth. Father, that we will be the truth. That people will feel comfortable coming to us as the church because we have the answer. But let's, let's, let's help us to show that answer. Help us to be compassionate, to truly care, to truly be trying to reach people for your glory, Father, instead of for our own glory. And that'll be the way to help. That'll be the way to save lives, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your, uh, your love. Thank you for your grace, Father. Thank you that you are raising us up to be those that will go out to spread the gospel. And not just quoting Bible verses, Father, but showing the love that you showed when you were here. Being the love that you are. Because, as your word says, if we're not in love, we're not in you. So help us to understand that. Help us to be in love. And not to be of our own carnal mindedness. Thank you, Father. We thank you for uh, having your angels encamped about us throughout the night. We thank you that you'll give us traveling mercies as we head home. And Father, we thank you for um, the, the want to, the desire to apply your love to others, not to condemn them, not to judge them, not to hate them, but to show them love because we truly want them to be saved, Father. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.